0: It has to be part of your thing and then you know you you do it like this and then you break the mold welcome to the creative studio this is the podcast where we conduct experiments with podcasting my name is joshua rivers and this is a production of podcast guy media llc biographic and engaging story plus emotion or moments of reflection and it's not all just documentaries because we get sucked into the story but in a narrative podcast you explore the answer and you find it by weaving through a set of occurrences it's a change of direction
1: add in extra information or background or thought process to what was already recorded
0: throughout season four we have been covering narrative style podcasting this includes journalistic or documentary styles as well Now, the first 10 episodes of this season covers this topically as we step through the process of creating a narrative podcast. I interviewed 11 podcasters for this series, and in each episode, you'll hear from several of each of them. Now, I'm releasing the full interviews that I did with each of these guests. I'm going to do this for several reasons. First of all, there were several things that were brought up in the conversations that didn't make the final cut. It was still good information, it just wasn't as pertinent to the topic at hand, or maybe it was talked about by other guests. Secondly, you get to hear what the conversation was like before I cut all the audio up for the original series. Daniel J. Lewis joins us today. He has been one of the biggest helps to me in my podcasting journey. He recently celebrated 10 years of podcasting and passed his 300th episode of The Audacity to Podcast, Daniel also has the Noodle Mix Network that features podcasts to help you think, laugh, and succeed. In addition to the Audacity podcast, he is also one of the hosts of The Once Podcast. As a podcast consultant for several years, he has also created several products for podcasters and also an exclusive group called Podcaster Society. I'm a part of this group and would recommend that you check it out if you have a podcast of your own. I personally love Daniel's perspective and his ability to be able to teach others now have you done any narrative podcasting yourself
1: no I haven't um the main reason why I haven't is because I know there's a lot of work to it I've thought about it before even before narrative was a cool thing I've I've heard narrative format podcasts before or narrative documentaries and that kind of thing before and I've thought about it and it is a neat approach especially when you need to add in extra information or background or add in your thought process to what was already recorded, it can work great. But I have been listening to some narrative podcasts uh, and kind of enjoy them, kind of not. Depends really if I can connect with what they're talking about. It's not the format itself. Although for me as a consumer, the format of a narrative podcast is not immediately interesting to me. It's the story that has to catch me, not the format.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. And so I'm I'm usually the same way. I'm, I'm more of the type, okay, let's just get to the nuts and bolts. Just give me the information and let's go. It's, and so, uh, yeah, definitely. So with that then, I'm sure that you have experience or you at least have some perspective on what we could be able to do though, uh, which, is, which is why I'd, I'd like to be able to talk with you about this. And so let's say that talking to somebody that has some kind of podcasting experience and so they're not new to the medium and to creating podcasts in general, but they are considering doing a narrative type format or maybe just a uh, more highly produced format. So if someone is considering that, what would be some reasons why they should or should not do that?
1: It's it's really a decision of is that the best way to tell the story that you want to tell and are you willing to do that extra work it can come out really neat if you do it well but it is a lot of work because you have to you have to plan ahead and then even after you've planned ahead and almost no matter how much you plan ahead there's always some planning behind i guess we could call it where after you've recorded it then you need to look back cut it up into clips and decide what is the story you want to tell? How can you use the information you've already recorded to tell that story? And what kind of stuff do you need to fit in between the separate clips that you're using? So first, I would say, is a storytelling narrative format what you want for the message you're trying to share? Will that communicate the best? And second, are you willing to do the hard work it takes to get something like that done?
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Now let's say that the person has the idea. So they decide that they're willing to make the commitment. They're going to go ahead and do the work and they're they're prepared for that part. So they start pursuing this, but all they have is an idea. How can they get started in trying to break that idea down to be able to start to construct that story that they're trying to build? Sure.
1: Let's take an example here of I'm wanting to build a new podcast studio. Uh, Eventually, when we move into our next house and I can build some space onto that house. And that could be a fun time for me to give some kind of narrative podcast story to it. and. What I would recommend is if there's anything at all you can plan in particular to know, okay, this thing is coming up and it would be great to record that. So I need to make sure I have a recorder or video camera, whatever it is that you're using. It could be as simple as your iOS device or Android device. But make sure that you have a recorder during that time and really have a recorder with you at all times because conversations could come up that are relevant to that thing you're telling the story about or there could be uh, phone calls there could be moments where you just want to speak your mind and that's a practice that you kind of have to get into is verbalizing as much as possible even if it means in a sense pretending that you're on a quote reality unquote tv show that you have those moments where you kind of step away from the action and then you start talking to the camera or in your case, maybe the microphone. Be prepared for those moments so that no moment comes up where you think, oh, I've got this brilliant idea or this thing is about to happen. Boy, I wish I had my recorder with me. Be prepared for those things. And I think that as you start producing this, you'll find you'll be recording a lot of random stuff and don't be afraid to cut stuff out and realize that, oh, this is funny conversation, but is it relevant? Does it add to the story? Maybe, maybe not. Don't be afraid to toss good stuff out if it just doesn't fit with the story that you're doing, but be prepared with a way to record and start thinking of, I need to share what's on my mind. I need to get this out. I, hey, you know what? Side note here, maybe learning to make a narrative podcast could help in marriage communication as well. <laughs> because how often is it our wives might say something like, oh, he never talks, he never says what's on his mind. And I know it's stereotypical, but guys often aren't that type to mm-hmm. say what's on our mind, for the most part. That's, I know, a sweeping generalization. But yes, <laughs> when you get in that practice of communicating what's on your mind and describing things, you'll end up with, I think, much better material that you can use for recording, as long as you've been able to capture it.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I mean, with our wives, I mean, they're supposed to know what we're thinking already. And so, <laughs> yeah, always being ready to be able to, be able to grab the next part of the story and be on the watch out for that. Now, usually when, when you're doing some type of narrative, you're gonna be trying to pull in additional voices, um, either out of necessity to fill in the story, or just to be able to create variety interest. So you're pulling in these different people. In your opinion, how would you try to choose those right people, those right voices to be able to to be able to pull in?
1: Well, when I listen to podcasts like Serial or podcasts like uh, Startup from Gimlet Media, one of the things that goes through my mind is, boy, there are a lot of random voices in this Did he get permission to use those voices? (laughs) And that is something you have to be concerned with today, especially if you're going to monetize the narrative podcast that you're making, is uh, getting permission from these people. And it could be as simple as just starting the conversation where they see the recorder and you say, hey, I'm recording this conversation. I might use this in a podcast. Are you okay with that? And if they say yes, that might... Be a good enough, you really need to talk to a lawyer, but it might be good enough to get their recorded acceptance of some very basic terms or just they know that you're recording and they're okay with you using that for uh, telling a story as long as you make them look good. So, as far as getting other people into your conversations, it's having those conversations, it's recording them, of course, it's finding people who would have some kind of feedback. Now, it could be as simple as someone being a sounding board and you're telling them, I want to tell you this idea. I want to bounce some ideas off of you. Please give me your feedback. Don't just sit there and go, "Uh uh-huh, yeah, yeah, uh uh-huh, uh-huh. But feel free to ask me any questions, challenge anything I say, add anything that you think of. It's okay if you're not an expert. I just want another voice here with me. And that can sometimes turn out pretty good because not only does it mean it's another voice, but it's a completely different perspective that could potentially bring something to the conversation that you would have never thought of including in your narrative storytelling.
0: Mm-hmm. You mentioned about trying to go around and have your recorder with you. So I assume that you're kind of in that instance re- referring to a digital recorder that you're a portable digital recorder. What would you think about as far as the necessity, as far as the quality of the audio? And so does it necessarily matter as much when you're doing this type of format as if you're trying to do maybe, I don't know, maybe something a little bit more traditional? I don't know if that's the right way to phrase that.
1: Yeah, that can be tricky. You look at different audio recording methods out there and how they're used in different senses. If you have an audio drama, it's very important that people be able to hear the spoken words very clearly, especially uh, with background noises and music and that kind of stuff going on. The spoken word needs to be clear and understandable. When you're doing a narrative and you're interspersing your narrative with clips from actual things that you recorded, the audio doesn't have to be studio quality. But it does need to be listenable. So you can't expect to go to a bar and record a conversation between you and your friend. You're going to be yelling. It won't sound good. It will be very difficult to understand. But I think the biggest sin that can be made with this kind of recording is not getting the volume levels right. I hear this even with npr podcasts and the npr spin-off podcasts like serial and startup and other things like that they don't have the volumes right like they'll have their narrative section and it's at a certain volume and then they have a sound clip that they recorded somewhere and that's at a much quieter volume and you can't really hear what they're saying i think that's the bigger sin instead of the audio quality but With podcasting, we know that a good way to get better audio quality is get closer to the microphone. So whatever microphone you're able to use, just try to get it closer to the people. If you're hand-holding your audio recorder, try to point it at the person who's talking, point it back and forth. Or if you're sitting at a table, put it down on the table as close to both of you as possible and make sure that your voices are going toward that microphone but even then, it could still be better maybe if you could point it back and forth. But if you get some echo, if you get some uh, reverb or some background noise, I don't think it's that much of a problem. And it, it really enhances it because it helps make it different from the studio voice. Like there's the studio sound which is very clean, very present, very understandable. That's what we're getting right now with our we're recording in our studios. And if I then have a different microphone that I use and I record that in a very quiet environment, the sound will just be a little bit off, and it just seems weird because I've gone from studio to not studio, but it sounds like it's a not studio trying to be a studio. And because it doesn't contrast very much, it actually creates some conflict. It's very simple, a very similar thing in the design industry, where if you want to contrast some text, you don't put 12-point font next to 14-point font. You put 12-point font next to 24- or 36-point font. Make the contrast big. So with your audio quality and your audio recordings, try and make that contrast bigger so that people know... Just by the tone, the quality, the sound of the audio, that you're going from studio narrative to recorded live or recorded in person at whatever place that is. So people can more easily follow that and you don't have to do transitions then because the style of the sound is making that transition for you.
0: That's interesting. I like that. There's a couple of things there. First of all, kind of, Piggybacking on that part, I've actually done it a couple times um, in some of the work that I've done with with helping podcasts with their editing is sometimes they have like a clip that they go to in the middle, like some kind of ad or or something like that or a preview for for something else. And so they're talking and then it goes to this clip of them talking with this different about this different aspect um one thing I've done is even though it was both recorded in the studio so the sound is the same I've taken that clip and I've actually dumped some EQ on it to make it sound more like a phone call kind of almost just so that there is that audible difference in there so that as the person's listening they know they know that okay this is different than the normal content I was just getting. So we're taking a break from that. And then it goes back to the normal quality. So is that something that that you think is is good to do? Or is it not worth that extra effort if you already have that, that higher quality?
1: It could be worth trying something like that, but you might run into a case where it sounds a little pointless. Like if you hear you're talking and then you cut in with something that sounds like it's coming through the phone, but it's still only you, then I would tend to think, why'd they do that? Like, I listened to an audiobook before that was produced by some guy in his basement. I could hear planes overhead in the audiobook. And this was an audiobook released by a major corporation. And uh, in the audiobook, there would be places here and there where the voice would have an echo on it. And I thought it was only quotations, but either he just wasn't consistent with his production on it, or he was using the echo effect for other things. And it just seemed weird. Like, what's the point of making a quotation have an echo on it? it? It doesn't really make sense. And it doesn't really connect all that much with us because normally if you think slightly echoey voice, most likely what's in your mind is, well, that's a voice actually in the mind. That's the internal thought of a person because we've kind of been conditioned. By that and it's helpful to play off those preconditionings of what do we think when we hear this certain sound or this style of voice or something like that. Uh, another technique you could use though would be you have certain music that's saved for certain things. Gimlet, All Things Considered and several other NPR style productions do this kind of thing where they have the sponsor music and it loops in the background while they're talking about their sponsors or they have their opening music, they have their wrap-up music, they have their music that plays during the time when they're struggling with a thought, or they have their music that plays as they're wrapping up their ideas. You could have that kind of thing, and it's like your own soundtrack for the show. Definitely get the license for the music. Don't just use any music, but make sure you're doing it legally. And Then that music can be what sets the tone. So Although it may be that you're recording in the exact same studio, in the exact same sound quality, instead of having to say, now let's transition to our sponsors. You can have this music in the background that makes that obvious difference, and it's something that you still need to, with your spoken word, clarify what's going on. So it's not like you would be telling a story and in the middle of the story, there's suddenly background music and you're talking about your sponsor but you would need to say with language things like this podcast is sponsored by such and such or brought to you by such and such so you're still making somewhat of a verbal transition without actually saying let's talk about our sponsors now or let's segue into this other thing or we'll be right back after this brief message please don't do that in a podcast that this is not radio You're not going anywhere. Your listener's not going anywhere. No one's going to leave and have to come back. You don't have to say, we'll be right back. after. Just just make a smoother transition. Pet peeve. Sorry about that.
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) But your background music then can help you with that. And people then can start to know as they listen to your show, as the background music is starting at a certain point, maybe they know, oh, the show is almost over. Or they start to associate certain background music with this episode is halfway through and he's doing this uh, transition point or whatever it is, you can really set the tone and the emotion of the moment with the background music. You see that done in movies all the time. and I love movie soundtracks and that's something that the soundtrack can be really good at doing is setting the emotional tone of the moment.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah, that's very true, and so that's definitely a very good way. Now, you mentioned a little bit about verbally being able to make some transitions, and there are sometimes when when that's needed as you're you're doing this. So you have the different clips of, of of that you're using for the narrative that's that's telling the main part of the story, but then as the narrator, you're connecting the clips in many cases. And so sometimes it's not always necessary, but when you are having to do that, what are some things that we can be able to do without, as you mentioned, just saying here, now we're going to this next clip and here's what this person said.
1: Well, something cool that I see done with the NPR style shows is they have a portion of the clip playing in the background. So, you know, you're about to go to a clip or you're just coming off a clip and you don't have to then say, let's play this clip but you can just play a portion of the clip and then you jump in as the narrator and say that's so and so and we're talking about such and such or uh, on such and you could start your clip off by saying on such and such day i was talking to so and so and then you go into the audio clip as it's been playing silently a little bit silently in the background a cool little trick you can also do especially when there's spoken word in the background and spoken word in the foreground your voice is in the foreground and maybe you're playing an audio clip that has some spoken words in the background is you can play with the frequencies a little bit, not to make it sound like a telephone call or something like that, but reduce those frequencies in the vocal range, which are roughly around the 200 to 400 hertz range, I believe. And uh, so that way you don't have multiple pieces of audio conflicting for the same frequency range But you've reduced it a little bit in the background, but then you raise it back up when you bring that background clip back into the foreground. So it's more than simply reducing the volume, but reducing it on specific frequencies as well, so that the foreground voice sticks out all the more.
0: That's a good point. I like that. And so because I played around with that a little bit, trying to get that get that balance trying to fade in and light that because I've heard that and so I didn't think about trying to change the frequency on that part that's a good idea yeah there's basically two things I wanted to ask still and I think that could well depending on your answers it could be quick Um, one of the things is trying to entice the listener and so being able to there's like those key parts in the in the episode and so there's obviously the beginning where you want to try to hook them and then at the end, you want to be able to have that good conclusion to be able to bring at least some sort of resolution. Maybe maybe it's not your desire to make a complete resolution, but some kind of resolution. But then throughout, you want to try to keep their attention too. So how do you do or what what do you do to try to keep that enticement for the listener?
1: Well, you have to have a compelling story to begin with. <laughs> and compelling details along the way. It's okay every now and then to dig deeper into something that's not all that compelling. Books and movies do that all the time. I mean, look at all of the great movies, they all have their low points where we think, okay, yeah, let's get back to the action. But everything needs that music, books, uh, poetry, everything needs those ups and downs. Life needs those ups and downs because if it was always solid, compelling, or solid action, or solid romance in the marriage, or, or I mean, solid, positive everything, then you're really flatlining. That's what you're doing if you don't have any ups and downs. And when something flatlines, we consider it dead, even if it seems like it's great. I remember early on in my speaking career, someone pointed out to me that they said, Daniel, you are full of energy, you're passionate on stage, but You're always that. You're always, metaphorically, on the tip of your toes while you're speaking. Go up and down sometimes. Don't always keep it the same energy level. Vary it a little bit. And your podcast story that you're telling might have those moments too, where it's not always cliffhanger after cliffhanger after cliffhanger. That gets boring. But it's Sometimes a cliffhanger. Sometimes it's that really compelling story where you just want every next word so desperately you want to hear it. And then there are those other moments that are the setup for the high action moments or however you're defining high action in your particular story. But when you look at the overall uh, story you're telling with an individual episode, look at those peaks and valleys that you can have within it. You want to start... With a peak, something that gets someone's interest, and they think, "Oh, that sounds interesting," or "What is the story behind that?" or "That was funny," or "I want to learn more." Something that hooks them in at the beginning, and you want to carry that through a little bit. Don't hook them and then immediately give them nothing, but carry that through a little bit. Then it's okay to go down into a valley as you give some more depth to certain storylines or ideas, and then bring it back up to another climax. You can go back down in a valley and make sure you end on a climax too. The most important parts of presentations, of books, of stories are the beginning and the end. right, Right now, if I ask you, what are the two most popular lines from fairy tales? It's the beginning and end that you would know. The beginning is once upon a time and the end is And they lived happily ever after. We know those things. Those are the hooks to all fairy tales or most fairy tales. We know the beginning and the end. That's the stuff that sticks with us the most. So make sure that your beginning and your end are great material. And especially with that end point, you want to hook them so that they'll come back for the next episode. Now, that could be that you leave the story on a cliffhanger. And many chapters of books will do that. They'll end the chapter right on a cliffhanger so that you read the next chapter. But there are also some chapters in books that don't end on cliffhangers. And sometimes it can be quite crazy to try to end a chapter on a cliffhanger. So if you don't have a cliffhanger that you can end on, that's okay. Make the cliffhanger what's coming in the next episode and let them know what they're about to hear. And that can hook them in as well.
0: Definitely. Now, I was wondering, I know that you're not doing this type of storytelling or this type of podcasting, but do you know of resources that someone could go to to try to learn more of how to do this type of podcasting?
1: You really need to learn how to tell a good story. So don't think only narrative podcasting resources. Think storytelling resources That could be learning about giving a good presentation from a group like Toastmasters or maybe there's a course at your local library or something. It could be a book or a video series on telling or writing great stories. That's what you need to learn. The medium itself doesn't matter. It's the skill behind the medium. It's like I'm not a good artist as far as drawing pictures, or a painting or anything like that. So it really doesn't matter what tool I use because I'm just not a good artist to begin with. The tool doesn't make me a good artist. But if I wanted to learn how to um, make clip art much better, then I should learn how to draw, how to create art. And it doesn't matter whether it's drawing or painting, but it's learning those principles. So look at narrative lessons you can learn from Great storytellers look for those resources to learn how to tell a story, how to craft these things together, and don't only look at audio storytelling. The other resource I would recommend is the podcasts out there that do it well. Serial is heralded as the big, most popular storytelling podcast, but there are plenty of other narrative journalistic podcasts out there there's startup there's a reply all pretty much everything from gimlet media or this american life or npr spinoffs are taking that narrative uh, journalistic storytelling approach to sharing their content so listen to that and break it down try and evaluate what are they doing there what are they using to make their transitions how are they coming up with hooks what's the flow that they're following and don't try to imitate them because it can be very difficult and sometimes end very badly if you're trying to imitate someone else but look for what can you learn that then you can put your own style on and learn from other great artists almost no great artist out there of any field music Uh, Art, painting, design, architecture, anything like that. Almost no artist is inherently good all by themselves without being inspired by someone else. They'll see something else and that inspires them. They'll see something else and they learn a new principle or a new approach or a new method of breaking outside of their norms. They're challenged by other things that they see so listen to other stuff and don't be only entertained by it you can go through once and be entertained then go back through and deconstruct it and figure out how are they doing that what is it i like about this thing they did and then experiment with that on your own
0: thank you for listening to the creative studio podcast i hope that you've enjoyed listening to these interviews if you haven't already listened to the full 10-part series on narrative podcasting, I encourage you to do so, so that will help you to be able to get a grasp on creating a narrative podcast from a topical standpoint. I also have detailed show notes available on the website at creativestudio.academy. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to the podcast in your favorite podcast player and share this with someone you think would benefit from the content. I look forward to sharing more about podcasting experiments. This is a production of Podcast Guy Media, LLC.